Come on, can we thank him for that miraculous provision? He's always been faithful. He's always been good. He's never let you down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Brother Lou, for an incredible word. Incredible word. Uh, God's always been faithful. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, first, I just want to thank Pastor and Sister Michelle for, again, allowing, allowing me to speak and uh, trusting me. I do not take it lightly. It is such an honor uh, just to be home with my family, uh, with my church family, uh, in the greatest church in the world. Amen. And I've said it before, and I will say it every chance I get to stand behind this particular pulpit. This church saved my life. And I love this church with my whole heart and every single person in it. I love, I love you guys. Uh, I believe I have a word from the Lord tonight. Uh, I had been preparing something entirely different um, when I first received the phone call to speak uh, for tonight. And then Sunday uh, in prayer service, God gave me something totally different. And I understand now because it completely aligns up uh, with Brother Luke's. <laughs> Amen. So um, I believe God is wanting to do something here in this church amongst his people. He is wanting to take us in a new dimension as we enter into the new year. Come on, I believe that. He's wanting to take us into a new step for us to go deeper and to go further than we've ever been. Pastor stated last week it is not God's will for us to crawl and barely make it into the new year, but it is for us to charge into the new year with everything that we have. Are we all believing for greater things this year? I believe that. If we can turn to Psalms 121, 1 through 3, uh, it reads, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. How many is thankful for a God who does not slumber, nor does he sleep? He's always there. doesn't matter the time, the hour, the middle of the night. He is always there. Amen. The first verse, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence my help cometh from. Somebody say vision. Amen. Y'all knew that was coming. 2020 vision, to be exact. It's crazy we're already here in the year 2020. Last year flew by. But uh, the title of my sermon is 2020 vision. Entering into the, uni the new year, uh, 2020 vision is what I, w is what I want to have. Uh, I, I want to see clearly. I want to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. I want to follow where he leads me. I want to know his voice. I'm praying that my eyes be set on things above and that I be, and that I be able to do what God wants me to do. Does anybody else desire these things for this year? God has a purpose, a purpose for what, is he, what, for what he's desiring our, prim, our primary vision to be for this upcoming year and every year after. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about a new slogan, a new, director, or a new direction. Uh, I'm not the pastor. That's not my job. Um, but what I'm talking about is vision, my eyesight. Uh, on what I should be focused on. And how many know that it is not fear? 
My vision should not be on fear. It should not be on worry. It should not be on finances. It's not on material things. It's not on hobbies, games, sports, social media. It's not on the gym. It's not on the things that keep me up at night. It's not on the things that keep my pillows soaked with tears. It's not on my poor health. It's not on doubt. It's not on distraction. It's not on my job. It's not on my school. It's not on the battle that I'm facing, but above all, entering into the new year and every year following, my vision is to be set on Jesus. Come on, my vision is to be set on Jesus, not on anything temporary, not on anything, any distractions, not on the problems, not on the circumstances, but my eyesight is to be set and fixed on the, on the things above. Hallelujah. Anybody believe that? Just clap your hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. It should be set on Jesus. Why? Because he's the one that can change it, it all. Turn it all around for your good and for his glory. Uh, it's time to take our eyes off the mess. It's time to take our eyes off the clutter and the pain and the distraction. And it's time to get our eyes focused on him. Come on, some of, us, some of us are sometimes standing in defeat. We have our eyes on our problems and the material things all around us. That's not the kind of 2020 that I'm talking about. We've got to quit worrying about all the problems and stop entertaining the enemy, allowing him to think that he can make room in our life. The enemy has zero power. Somebody say zero power. He has zero power unless you allow him to. He has none unless you allow him to, unless you make a bed for him and fluff up his pillow and allow him to abide there. He can come knocking at the door. Those thoughts come, come crawling in, and all the chaos may begin, and the distractions are presented, and, and you're wanting to give up, and you're having feelings of throwing in the towel. All those things can stay if you open the door, but if you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the power to declare it to leave. Come on, come on, because if the devil comes knocking out my door, I can't see him. I've got my eyes on the things above. Come on, anybody got their eyes on the things above? I, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse. If I'm being completely honest, this year's already bringing a challenge, and it's only the second day. But I'm not, I'm not going to worry. Jesus, my eyes is fixed on you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He is the vision. He is the vision. Hallelujah. There are going to be things that come our way. It's not even a question. Proclaiming 2020 to be the greatest year yet does not eliminate trials and tribulations. But if you've got 2020 on the one above, you're going to make it. Some of us, including myself, I've been there. And at times I, I'm going to be there again. We get the wrong focus. We want boldness, but no relationship with the one who gives it. We want righteousness, but we don't know how to live it because we don't pick up the book to see it displayed. We want peace in our home, but haven't discovered the author of peace for ourselves personally. We have hope, but it's not on the one who holds our tomorrows. It's in time and fate and ourselves. Some of us have focus on, and our vision set on material things. Our jobs have taken precedence. Games and sports are all we think about. Financial struggles invade our mind. We're always worried about the next move instead of his. God, I need peace. Give me peace. I've been there. 
But do you know the one you're asking peace from, or do you just know the one who supplies it? This is what I'm saying, church. It's relationship. He wants you to look to the hills from which your help cometh from. But he so deeply wants you to know first who gave his life on the hill. I feel so strongly in the Holy Ghost as I was preparing for this. And the Lord laid it on my heart. And for myself included, we must, we have our eyes fixed on the wrong things. Our vision is out of focus. And it so easily can happen. So easily. We've taken our eyes off the one who gave his life on that hill. And some of us are looking down at all the turmoil that we're in. Some of us can't forgive ourselves of our past. Others can't take their eyes off the material things. Others are too focused on their fleshly desires. Some can take their eyes, can't take their eyes off their fears long enough to see Jesus, who's already ready to step in. And I've been in each and every one of those spots. I'm not just, I'm, I, I'm preaching to the choir, I promise. Ask Peter, when you take your eyes off the wrong thing, you're going to fall and you're going to sink, and it's going to happen so quick. But as soon as we can get our eyes on him, he's there to pick you up. Every single time. I believe that David had it right. In the under, and he had the understanding. If I just keep my head up and if I have my eyes fixed on him, when he wrote, I will lift up thine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. That's the mentality we have to have. Not to just, not to just barely make it through, but to charge our way into the new year and it be like none other. Because to get a hold of him is truly what we need. It's not just going to be a good year simply because no bad things are going to happen. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm being realistic. And I want to be intentional on being realistic. Life is still going to happen. Trials will still come in 2020. But, when, but what is going to make the difference is when we get to 2021 and you can look back and you can see that you stayed, that you stayed strong every single step of the way. When you get to the end and realize that you didn't let the enemy come in, when you look back and see that you fought, when you look back and see the souls that you've won to the Lord, the seeds that you've planted, those that you brought to the church, the culture you changed in your home, the atmosphere you've set in your school and in your workplace, the impact, and the impact that you've made in the lives around you, and the time you spent in prayer on bending knees. And because of the fact that you kept your eyes on Jesus the whole way, that's what's going to make 2020 the best year yet. Anybody believe that? Hallelujah. That's what's going to make 2020 the best year yet. When we see every one of the seats filled and our campuses overflowing. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Because we made the decision. Because we made the decision to choose. It's not going to happen on its own. But 2020 will be the best year yet because we choose Jesus. Come on, we can't support pastor in, in, in the 25 campuses if we don't already have our vision set on Jesus for our, ourselves personally. I want to back up my pastor. I want to see 25 campuses, and I want to see them overfill, and I want to see them have their own campuses. But it's got to start with us individually. We've got to be ready, prayed up, fasting, reading. That's what I'm talking about. That's what keeping your eyes on Jesus looks like. And when you're doing those things, wait to see what he will do and when the way he uses you for his kingdom. Mm. We can just, if we can just get our eyes stayed on him. I know sometimes, 
2020, uh, the enemy may already be on his way. He may already be on his way to my home. I'm not going to let him in. <laughs> I know storms are going to come. I know sometimes I'm going to feel like I'm all alone. I know I'm going to feel discouragement. I know that there may be turmoil. I know that my, if my, health, my health may not be at its best. I know the bank account may seem a little dry. I may not always see opportunity. I may get weary. I know I might get tired. I know I might have to sacrifice. I'll say that again. I know I might have to sacrifice. Uh, but give me Jesus anyhow. Give me Jesus anyhow. Why? Because he is still the best thing that has ever happened to me. Even in the midnight hour when I can't sleep, when, again, when my pillow was soaked with tears, uh, he was with me the entire time, and I found that joy came in the morning. Uh, he never left my side, and he will never leave my side. I want Jesus above all else. Above all else. And because we are imperfect people, I myself am imperfect, and because of that, I understand that we may fail each other. There will become a day, if I haven't already, where I will fail you. I may let you down, but he will never fail me. He will never fail me. And you ask, why, why Jesus? Why, why, why Jesus? Because he won't fail you. When I may fail you, he still won't fail you. When temporal things will fail you and they fade away and they pass away, he's still going to remain the same. I don't want earthly treasures. I don't want pleasure for a season. I don't want all the material things, the fanciest job that money can buy. Why? Because it's all going to pass away anyways. But the one thing that will remain and will always remain is Jesus. Going into the new year, I've come to realize that's all I want. That's all I want. I've, I've been battling fears of my own. I'm about to graduate as a senior, and I, the thoughts of, oh, my words. I'm, I'm coming out to the real world really soon, full-time job, and my Lord. I mean, I work hard, already, but I'm telling, like, school, and, and I'm still doing more school when I come out of school, but I'm moving home, and I can't wait to be home with all you guys. But, like, there's, there's so many questions about the unknown, but I refuse. I refuse to let fear stop me. I'm just going to keep my eyes on him. Then every morning when I wake, I'm just going to say yes. Yes, Lord. Because my vision is set on him. Whatever he is placing in your hands to do, know he's not going to hurt you. Know that he's not going to hurt you. It's not in his nature. It's not in his nature. He will not let you fail. He won't let you fall. If you place your life in his hands, now, now hear me. Know what that truly means. If you relinquish all control and you've given him the reins of your life and the reins of your heart to do with what he will, then you will do what he, you, what he would have you to do. But you've got to have your mindset that he is all you want each and every day. It may be scary. It made me scary. Again, the unknown, you don't know what it's going to look like, but he will see you through. And it will be greater and bigger and more beautiful than you could ever imagine. And I believe that. And I believe that's the mindset that Paul had, whatever it took. And look at all that he's accomplished. He knew whatever price it would be worth because he had a goal in mind, and that goal was Jesus. He had his mind made up of what he wanted. That was his vision. That's what he stayed upon. And I'm, I'm kind of coming to an end, and I, I wanted to share with one last thing. 
among the 12 disciples, you see the greatest and the least of these. You find Paul, who a man who quite literally changed the world. And you find Judas, a man who walked alongside Jesus, ate with him, broke bread, heard his teachings, and saw the miraculous. Yet he still had his eyes on the wrong thing. He had his eyes fixed on temporal things. If we look at John, the 13th chapter, you find Jesus and his disciples at the Last Supper. Judas, um, already having a bag of silver in his hand, he's already been to the Pharisees, he's already made the trade. And he comes back to the Last Supper, and he's sitting with Jesus and the other disciples. And the disciples already, it says in, in Scripture that the disciples were already figuring the intention of the money in the bag was for the feast or to give to the poor. But the hour had come for Jesus to depart, and Jesus announces that his betrayal of, of betrayal to the disciples. And John 13 reads in verse 21, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be from who he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give sop when I have dipped it. And when he dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. And then Jesus said unto him that thou doest, what thou doest, doest quickly. Church, the love of Jesus is so unconditional without fail. It struck my attention that Jesus, in, in answering the question to who was betraying him, he dipped the sop and handed it to the betrayer. And I don't know about you, but I did not know what a sop was. I had to look it up. Um, but what I did know is anything in scripture that Jesus does, he does it intentionally. So I did some research, and when I began to read it, I, I'm not going to lie, I instantly began to weep. For it was tradition in this day to during feasts for bread to be dipped in sauce or spices and then given to someone you loved sincerely. It was a way to tell or express to someone that you loved them. And uh, in the act of his betrayal, in the final hour of Jesus with his disciples, before being carried off to be beaten and crucified with the full knowledge of what was to come, Jesus tells the one who is about to ignite the chain of events that he loves them. Oh, it's so and even though Judas lost his way, church, Jesus was saying, I love you, Judas. You've lost sight of why you're here, but I love you, Judas. 
You don't see your purpose. You don't see your potential, but I love you. You know, you don't know the great plans I have for you, Judas. You took your eyes off me, Judas, but I love you. You traded me for earthly things, Judas, but I love you. And I'm guilty, too. And I'm sure at some point we all have been. Some of us, I'm afraid we've, we've lost sight of why we're here. Some of us have taken our eyes off the one who matters, and we tell ourselves that what Judas did, we would never do. But it's happening every day, church. And what's crazy is that we're trading it for things much less than 30 pieces of silver. We trade it for good jobs and big checks and social media and relationships. And we trade it for fame and games and toys and everything that doesn't matter, everything that's going to pass away. Or we trade it for things that nothing on this earth could even buy. We trade it for holiness and we trade it for righteousness. It's not worth it. And the only difference between us and Judas is our decision is not going to put Jesus back on a cross. It already nailed it. To, it already nailed him to one. It was our sins. It was my sins. It was my shame that put him on a cross. My nails that went into his hands. He didn't deserve it. I did. I did. That's the only difference. It's an eliminating us now from knowing him. It's dismissing us from walking in his blessings. And it's keeping us from heaven hereafter. I know it's quiet. But come on, I guarantee you, Judas did not understand the severity of his decisions. I, I can guarantee you. But he made the decision which then allowed Satan himself. Satan himself. Satan's not omnipresent. Satan chose to be in that very moment. Satan has himself entered into Judas. What does that say? Oh, Satan himself possessed him, setting off the chain of, chain of events that would bring about the crucifixion of Jesus. And I'm afraid some of us do not understand the severity of our actions. It may not be 30 pieces of silver, but it starts somewhere, church. All it takes is for your eyes to be fixed on the wrong things. But Jesus is saying to each and every one of us tonight, get your eyes fixed on me. The worry, the worry isn't going to help you. Take your eyes off of it. The stress, take your eyes off of it. The junk that you've allowed in your life, take your, take, take your eyes off of it. The temporal things that you fixed your eyes on, the material things that you fixed your eyes on, get your eyes off of it. And fix your eyes on me. That's what Jesus, just fix your eyes on me. And I can change everything. I'm here for you. I love you. This is what Jesus is telling us tonight. I didn't plan. that. I, I, did, I, I wasn't going to preach this. Uh, but when he gave me that word, I was standing in that corner. And all that kept coming to my head was give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. And I believe if we just have that mindset and we have that mentality, everything's going to change. And you want to see a better new year? You want to see the greatest year that you've ever walked into? You want to see victory? You want to see the miraculous happen? Get your eyes on Jesus and off of everything else that your eyes may be upon. So I'm, I'm closing. These, these altars are open. These altars are open.
And I don't want anyone to be embarrassed. I am just as guilty. I've had my eyes fixed on things that they should not have been fixed on. But Jesus' grace and his mercy abounds, and I'm so thankful. These altars are open. These altars are open. I'm so thankful. I am so thankful. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.